morning, Joe. Uh, Peter, what are you doing to my pool? Oh, this is the newest province of Pretoria. I call it Joe-hi-o. What? You can't just come over here and annex my pool. Oh, uh, yeah? Well, according to paragraph 7, sentence 3, word 8 of the Geneva Convention, the. So, tough luck, Swanson. So, as you can see, Pretoria has invaded U.S. soil. What are our options? Well, a military strike against such a small nation could cause an international backlash. True, but this kind of behavior can't be tolerated. Agreed. I suggest we start with political sanctions. Very good, gentlemen. Well, I guess the world will show me a little more respect now. Dad, I tried to go to school, but this guy won't let me. Oh, yeah? Him and what army? The U.S. Army. Oh, that's a good army. One and all, welcome back to the latest edition of Nick's Nonfiction. I'm your host, Nick Munez. Today we've got Sun Tzu's The Art of War. Grab your rice hat and your Type 95. It's time for Warfare Asian style. We're doing everything from firepower to nonlinear digital warfare and the psychological operations of today. Your body is the battlefield. We're going to be interpreting Eastern philosophy from an American point of view. This has become a tradition on this show. I'm going General MacArthur, Operation Scorched Earth on this book. Sun Tzu says, The wise warrior avoids the battle. In this country, we shoot first and declare war later. Point one, America. We're going to learn 2,000-year-old intelligence strategies, how to confuse and subdue your enemy. It could be at work, at school. I don't know what you guys do. In your underground meth racket, I provide the information. It's up for you to either learn or apply it how you want to. Send me some meth. Confucius say, men who sit on tack get the point. We're going to learn some Eastern culture. And it does sound like I'm on meth, right? It's just coffee. Sun Tzu had a bloodlust. He's writing about war for decades at a time. He was a general during the period of the Seven Dynasties. Sun is more of a conscientious objector than you would think. He said the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without even fighting. He's a Pacific pacifist. Sun would have loved our recent author, Smedley Butler. If they had a war with one another, it'd be with water guns and tickle fights. So we're going to be pitting generals from the past against each other today. What was our other book, uh, Klaus Schwab's Great Reset? Mr. Zhu, I wager a false Reich on you. Oh, I see your wager and raise you seven dynasties. These guys, <laughs> mythical battles. We're talking about dropping boiling oil from hot air balloons, riding dragons over the Great Wall of China. I mean, this is an epic addition. It was requested by a Patreon member, so guys, get subscribed over there. The request line is open. Sun Tzu said, treat your men as you would your own beloved sons, and they will follow you into the deepest valley. We're learning some Chinese culture today. It's not going to hurt us. <laughs> Hopefully we won't need it after World War III. And according to the art of war, man who sits on stool smells like shit. Here's a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Make sure you're checking out the memes at Harry Schwant on Instagram. And then patreon.com slash the niche. Exclusive books every single month over there. You are missing out. If you guys remember our last ancient Asian author, it was Lao Tzu, and that means old master, Sun Tzu, 
means master son. So try not to confuse those with Confucius. Confucius say, man who snort coke gets bubbles up nose. According to Wikipedia, Mr. Zhu here was a Chinese general, military strategist, writer, philosopher, 544 to 496 BC. His real name was Cheng Qing. I don't think his teachers were referring to him as the master of the sun. And let's think about this for a moment. If Lao Tzu means old master and Sun Tzu means sun master, what does shit Tzu mean? <laughs> You'll see the Eastern logic isn't that linear today. This guy's going to throw us through all kinds of loops. Sun Tzu, he hated social distancing. This guy came up with a keep your friends close and your enemies closer. He was alive through the period of the warring states, most eventful time in Chinese history, arguably. Confucius say, man who put penis in peanut butter jar is fucking nuts. Here's another word from our sponsors. Sun Tzu's Art of War, Chapter 1, Readiness. Master Sun starts by saying, War is a very serious business for a nation. It is a matter of life and death, survival and extinction, and is something to be carefully considered. In Sun Tzu's opinion, war is a matter that unites heavens and the earth. The gods have a say in on every single battle. And you know this happened in the Greek Empire and the Roman Empire to follow. What is that video game about? The guy Kratos? That sounds like a Nordic type of god. What about Kratos versus Sun Tzu? Easy. <laughs> Sun Tzu is as fat as Buddha. Kratos would rip his head off. I heard Master Sun is going to be a playable character in the new God of War game. Going to be a continuous theme here of fictional warfare. Lau was already writing with a causal fallacy within the first <laughs> paragraph of this book. He said, War is a way to prolong peace. Yeah, and fire is a way to keep ice cream cold. Like, are you sure we can't just sign a treaty of peace? We have to be at war to keep peace? This is some double-plus-good Orwellian logic that this guy is using. Are you sure it's not the good of man keeping the peace? No, it's our barbaric bloodlust. Our need to fight with one another is what keeps the peace. Okay, military interventionism. It's not like that hasn't been debunked the past 20 years in American Empire. We need to invade them so they don't invade us. We need to fund gain-of-function research so the disease doesn't blindside us. <laughs> War is peace. There are five instrumental aspects to be considered when preparing for war. He doesn't, like, follow up these points or anything. There's no linear plot through the book. The five aspects of war, the way, heaven, earth, command, and discipline. The way leads to true unity between the general and the men. The way is translated to the Tao. We just read that whole book. The Tao is water. Get back to water. What's that song by uh, Run It, My Morning Jacket? Spend so much time looking for my asshole. I fought the law and the law won. <laughs> the plot isn't linear. Neither do my jokes have to be today. Like, go back and listen to that Tao book. You have to have good morale with the general and the troops to get anything done. And the heaven, he's referring to yin and yang. Learned all that in the Tao. It's supposed to be, like, masculine and feminine. All these are ideas that are going to be used through the chapters to come. Earth means knowing the terrain. Command is about the general's temperament and discipline. Those are the five fundamentals to war. <laughs> Earth, fire, wind, and air. 
It sounds kind of similar to uh, the five pillars of driving business growth, leader strategy, structure, people, something else. Like you see a bunch of psychopathic CEOs have the art of war on their desk. It just gets more manipulative as it goes on. <laughs> I said 2022 is a year of cutting out the middleman. We're going straight back to the source. Forget Michael Lewis's business books, ancient Chinese history. To a certain extent, Sun argues the side that will be victorious can be calculated in advance based on the state leader's integrity, ability, and wisdom. It's like the origin of that quote, the battle is won before it starts. Everybody's heard that before. And how does our leader in America look right now if we're doing East versus West? Do we think Biden has integrity, ability, and wisdom? Is this the same guy that shit his pants at the climate summit? <laughs> I can't hold it in. In the period of the warring states, the generals would decide who would be a fitting leader for their country. It wasn't um, geriatrics and people carted in across the southern border who don't have to vote with an ID. <laughs> Kennedy proved that is how it still operates. The generals decide who the president is. Otherwise, you take some lead to the head. You know, it's not always the generals. I'm saying it's the intelligence community at this point. It's always more effective to plan first than it is to charge into battle. Lao going with more of this rudimentary stuff. If you're trying to dismantle the deep state, you got to change the culture before you yell your plan out of an open-top convertible. Mr. Kennedy, if you're going to wager war against the true government, you got to get the people... should have planned ahead a little bit more. The battle is won before the fight. Sun suggests that taking stock of your enemy before engaging will make you more likely to win. And if you can, just refuse from engaging... It's the whole idea behind that 100-year marathon we book, book we read. Uh, just wait for the USA to kill itself. <laughs> We're doing a whole lot of infighting. China's just got to play the waiting game. Now is when we get one of the more famous quotes from the book. All warfare is based on deception. Master Sun says, An able person should seem incapable. A moving army should seem stationary and should appear to be far when it is near and vice versa. Wrapping up chapter one here, Sun says, If he is furious, then upset him. If he is weak, then fan his pride. If he is at ease, then fluster him. If his men are united, divide them. Attack him when he doesn't see it coming, and show up when least expected. I think it was Confucius that said, Meme at them until they cry, and then keep memeing. The side that prepares the most beforehand wins the day. Did you see when Pfizer tried to get involved with the meme war and everybody bombed them with memes back into the Stone Age? You'd love to see it happen. The memers have been memeing for years. They were prepared. Chapter 2, All In. Sun, not discussing any minor skirmishes, all of his military treatises, they're supposed to cover total warfare. That's one state versus another, Life or death battle, winner takes all. He gave an example of a thousand chariots pulling mail and armor. It would cost this Chinese dynasty a hundred thousand silver teals a day. Same thing as we've been reading about the Roman road system. You got to protect your trade routes. You got to be all in. Did we learn anything from Chinese Squid Game? If you want to win one hundred thousand yuan, got to be in it for life. 
In order to save money, you must win swiftly. Finances fall faster than spirits of troops. This is when we get one of his Mulan-sounding quotes. You must be swift as the wind, dense as the forest, rapacious as fire, steadfast, like a mountain, mysterious as the night, and mighty as thunder. Tranquil as a forest, but on fire within. Once you find your center, I'll come on your chin. I think those Disney writers just plagiarized the first two chapters of Art of War, that entire Mulan song. In Total War, the end game, which costs the most lives, is a siege. Wasted time leads to wasted money. Even Disney knows that. You gotta cash out on the sequels. <laughs> We're doing Cold War 2, Iraq 2. We're cashing out on the sequels of the Middle East. Like, in terms of business, if you can't come to a deal, then the lawyers are just going to milk both corporations. you got to do total war, even in the office. Both parties, a siege is going to always hurt parties the most. Geopolitical sanctions is the new way to siege somebody. You just say, hey, nobody's allowed to trade with Venezuela because America wants their oil. We've been trying to take out Iran forever. They've been too smart to try to take any of the American aid, so then we can't sanction them. They're branching out to ISIS-K, ISIS-LGBTQ. Let's go back and think about Osama. <laughs> this guy, he wrote his own Art of War, his cave mixtapes. He said the way to defeat an empire is to make it overextend itself. Like, you can't siege America, this nation where you could flee to the Pacific, the Atlantic. When you're fighting somebody that big, you gotta bleed the beast. More interesting than peace in the Middle East, because you've heard that a million times. Cuba, during the 1960s, this was declassified recently, we tried to siege them with a water drought. We would bust the clouds that were about to go over their island, and so they weren't able to grow sugar crops and everything else failed in the country for a while. They became reliant on our trade again. It's highly suspect. You know the trade sieges that we're experiencing right now? This is what's being referred to as fourth generational warfare. You're probably not going to see massive armies backing countries, going at it with millions of men dying because of mustard gas. When you look at Australia, it's kind of becoming obvious that What's the difference between them and China? There's nothing. We're all heading to this totalitarian state. You see, like, the third generation of warfare was informational. That was like the beginning of the tech age. World War II was the end of traditional warfare, they say. The Cold War was the subversion, and then it got digital when we, like, put a bug in Iran's systems. And I'm saying this fourth generational shit is when everybody just has to cull their own population. I didn't come up with it. Go read the Polygon papers. Like, what's the deal with Joe Biden? I think he gets a Viagra boner when he sees how the Chinese were able to enslave their people in a social credit system. All these anti-business mandates. <laughs> it's fucking... It's actual Maoism. It's straight out of the books of funneling all the business back to the state it's called a de facto state takeover and it's coincidentally happening in every country around the world at once <laughs> my point is government is taking objective acts of war against their own people 
We literally just lived through pre-planned event 201. <laughs> Children are dying. We used to go over to Syria and test all of our new injections on their babies. It's every single 5 to 11-year-old in this country. Uh, people don't know that they're in some sort of a war or a revolution until after the matter. Especially when a government is all in on something. The Patriot Act hopefully decades from now is going to be seen as the beginning of the war on citizens wait we know you want to catch terrorists because 19 fucking hijackers with box cutters did 9-11 so you have to spy on every single person without a warrant that's what helps you guys do you mind explaining that oh no too late it's already passed unanimously by both of the democrats and the republicans Oh, yeah, and then renewed in 2020 by both the Fucking, Who do you think the real enemy is, people? Sun Tzu says the skilled general never hires reinforcements or ships supplies around repeatedly. He carries equipment from the home base, plunders the enemy so his men do not hunger. I'm hungering. Fucking food prices are going up. For some reason, the U.S. is, like, stationed in Somalia. What's the deal with that? It's all about yoinking rare earth minerals. This is nothing new. More of this just like Middle Eastern stuff. You got to go back and listen to those Osama cave mixtapes. That guy was on some Kaczynski shit. More of this, you got to use the spoils of war if you're going to go to war. Hitler probably got closer to world domination than Napoleon because he used that slave labor. He kept it under wraps. Fairly moral quote here. Treat prisoners of war well. Use your victory to improve your own strength. Prize victory, not drawn out war. The nation's survival or extinction rests on the general. And our general, General Poopy Pants, has dementia. Moving along to chapter three, the magic bullet. Master Sun says... It is better to conquer a state and keep it whole than to raise it to the ground. It is also better to keep the enemy's men alive. The whole true greatness comes from winning wars without even fighting. Got an actual practical quote you could use in your life. The greatest form of fighting is to attack strategy. Second best is to attack alliances. You can destroy an entire enemy's political position by grouping them in with an alliance. Um, January 6th was a bunch of racist alt-writers. Instead of it being spun as disgruntled populists who know something is up with their government. Like, uh, if you call a lefty a neoliberal, you're a bigot. They know a little bit better how to defend themselves against this grouping in strategy. That's fucking been used for 2,000 years. If you can't beat this person, just slander them and call them a racist. Master Sun thinks it's ethical to use logical fallacies to trick people into peace rather than educating them. So this is a moral quandary. I don't know if we want to spend time on it in the show here. Like, who is really at fault here? The teacher who has to lie to the two kids to not... We're not in a classroom. We're all adults. And the older I get, I don't think adults exist. Everybody's just a child pretending. So I just think, yeah, lying is unethical too, even if it's for the greater good, master son. Remember when CNN said fiery but mostly peaceful protests? I mean, what was that to the greater good ends of? Jesus, man. What if CNN was reporting 
in Dallas in 1963. <laughs> Local parade, bloody, but mostly calm. The news are like the pharaohs of these fallacies. <laughs> you gotta be in fighting stance always. I've been talking this JFK since the beginning of the episode. Let's go deep, people. I gotta defend the bin that I get grouped into conspiracy theorists. And this term was created after Kennedy was killed. If you don't believe the Warren report, you were a conspiracy theorist. So logically, if you don't believe in magic bullets, you are a conspiracy theorist. Like Nobody looks into the logic of what it means to believe one thing versus another. We just want to put each other into boxes. You're this, you're that. People have nuance. <laughs> The opinion leaders, they know this Sun Tzu tactic, 2,000 years old, put people into the box of, you're a crazy. Like, some people in the truth community are as gullible as a CNN viewer. They're just listening for the next hottest drop. They're not actually reading anything for nuance. Those are the Q people. Know what I'm saying here? It's just as bad as someone watching Don Lemon for his dogma. The objective of the Warren Report was to demonize empirical thinkers. This is a point I'm trying to work on on the show. <laughs> There's actual a war against thought in this day and age. The censorship proves it alone. A bullet can go backwards. The Warren Report. Okay, just prove it to me. So this magic bullet, it was the first bullet ever to produce larger entrance wounds than exit wounds. Okay, let's make a model up. Remember when Mythbusters did it? <laughs> There's no way Lee Harvey Oswald, what did he have, speed reload on? This guy's got perks. This is how the state wins the war without even having to fight the people. They just get us to fight amongst each other. Everybody knows at this point Kennedy was killed from the grassy knoll. <laughs> but it's insane to see how that term started and how people don't even understand the etymology of slandering their friends. I think we've had a little bit too much to think today. Like Sun said, convince your enemy that their enemy has the wrong politics. <laughs> Division works. Sun is talking about how long it takes to build bridges and mud ramps to move armies. If you have like your avenues of propaganda, same thing as the Romans were able to distribute their papers on the roads they built, you have a really big head start on the resistance. As we witness the death of legacy media out here, you still see them trying to convince people to reinforce the old channels when people could get factual information out there. You have the whole fucking Joe Rogan, Sanjay Gupta debacle. It was put on display for 300 million people. The old legacy order can lose a debate with logic. So this medicine that won the Pulitzer Prize is for horses? <laughs> it doesn't matter. They can just go back to their echo chamber and say they won. They go back to their roads and reinforce it. Alternative media, I don't think it'll ever get as powerful just because it doesn't have the little logo in the corner. Some people see that as the symbol of the cross. <laughs> Actual war advice on the theme of taking the path of least resistance here. Lao says, Son, if your forces outnumber the enemy 10 to 1, surround them. At 5 to 1, attack them. At 2 to 1, divide the enemy forces. If your numbers are evenly matched, then fight head to head. 
And if the enemy outnumbers you, hide. You ever play like capture the flag as a kid? All those numbers at the beginning? You don't launch your final assault on the flag until you have rescued all of your runners from jail. Capture the flag was awesome. We would play that on a neighborhood-wide scale. I straight up played war games as a child. Airsoft paintball in the woods. <laughs> if the enemy outnumbers you, you got to rescue some of your men. You got to flee. I could never afford anything more than a pump-action BB shotgun when we would play in the woods. And a ton of these kids had submachine guns, mock AK-47s. As the quote said, the battlefield isn't always fair. <laughs> you just got to up your tactics, get ready to retreat. I was out there setting booby traps in the forest, like pitfalls. I would, <laughs> I would shit on them to make sure everybody got cholera when they went back to camp you know i'm perched up in the trees <laughs> sending kids home to their moms maimed blind <laughs> it was a state of total war everyone plays like first person shooters now so you understand strategy you go into a battle better if you have an idea of what you're gonna do he talks a lot about moving troops like it should only be done out of necessity and the path of least resistance is always what you should take. Watch out for that ambush, though. You can't Leroy Jenkins in actual battle, <laughs> the path of least resistance. Bro, if you breach your Fortnite cube too early, <laughs> there's going to be some 12-year-old cranking 90s on your ass. Worse off than me, there was this kid in our paintball saga. This was the BB Airsoft ones. He had a pistol grip shotgun, and the pistol grip fell off. So we called it the boomstick. It was just this one long piece of metal that could blind you. As Lau said, sometimes there is a heavy disadvantage in war. And one time, my buddy, he shot himself in the face with the boomstick. I don't know how, like, I still laugh at this to this day. How is this possible? He just tripped and there obviously wasn't a safety on it. Definitely, we were at a disadvantage sometime. I remember taking home some wins and going home looking like I got stung by a beehive. Sun says, knowing the enemy and oneself brings undoubted victory in 100 battles. To defeat the sweaties, one must become a sweaty. Or this is the Kennedy chapter to defeat conspiracy theorists. You must come up with your own theory. The magic bullet. Let's go to chapter 4. Devise and Conquer. Sun starts us with some Eastern philosophy. A warrior's strength is his responsibility, and the enemy's weakness is the enemy's responsibility, never the other way around. Classic focus on yourself and not on the enemy type of shit leads to his most misunderstood quote, It is possible to know victory, but not achieve it. I don't know if I agree with this. This is some Eastern, everybody's a winner, communism. If I trip in a race and you come in first, I can always say, well, you didn't beat me because I tripped. You know, I lost the race. You didn't win it. I hate this, man. When I was growing up, I would play ping pong with my buddy's dad. And so if he whiffed on a shot and the ball went by him, he would say, you don't get a point for that rally because you didn't win it. I beat myself. What? It's a little semantical trick, like Sun Tzu's Eastern philosophy here. I beat you. That's how the game works. <laughs> this is the same dad. He would rob us every weekend, stacking the deck in his favor. 
playing AC Doocy. I don't think he stacked it. We definitely didn't know how to play. We were children. It's the same thing as a left-right center. We're teaching kids to gamble. I use that as a bit on stage. Sue me. It is possible to know victory without achieving it. Do we really think so? Then do you really know how it feels to have won? This is the problem with sore losers. <laughs> You're beating them in the video game and they put the controller down. If an army did this, like when they surrender, you don't feel good when you still gun all of the men down. They surrendered, so it's not really a true win. Total war, baby. It's a test of might. Master Sun says invulnerability is about defense, while vulnerability is about attack. This guy is just acting like he's saying something new. Yin and yang, you need offense and defense. This is the same, but never the other way around. Shut up. <laughs> Drops another list on us here. There are five steps of war. Measuring, estimating, calculating, comparing, and then victory. As in victory come after the war? Here's a real business tip for you. Let's keep this practical. You ever hear of the yes train? Humans, obviously irrational. We are more likely to be sold on something if we have just said yes a few times before. So you're walking down the street, and I run a pizza shop. Hey, you buddy, we're selling fresh hot pies over here. Come on over. Look at you. You're a gaunt man. You look like you're very hungry, right? Yeah. And you eat this time of the day. It's lunch right now. Yeah, I suppose I do. You like pizza, right? Nobody doesn't like pizza. Why don't you come in and grab a slice? I just sold everybody on pizza. You gotta measure up your target, of course, but that yes train, I don't know, it's more practical than fucking calculate, compare, and then victory. Give us an actual tactic, son. Son? <laughs> Let me talk like an unethical CEO for a minute out here. Actively lying gives you the most successful outcome. You gotta oversell the pizza. One bite of this pizza can make your wildest dreams come true. This cheese resurrects fallen relatives. <laughs> this sauce is the lifeblood of virgins. Here's a uh, something not silly, really sociopathic quote from a uh, son. Leading many men is the same as leading a few. It is about how you divide them. The name of the chapter: devise and conquer. Make those plans first. This guy is all about readiness in terms of <laughs> getting people to fight with each other. You've had a manager that has perfected this before. Get all the workers into cliques so they don't unionize. Sun Tzu was obviously part of the Zhu dynasty. During his lifetime, they conquered the seven states. He said what worked for them was using different banners and going and organizing the seven states differently, giving them just enough personal identity while maintaining all the control over them. I think people will never unite against authority as workers of the world so long as we have our nationalistic flag-loving attitudes. Divide and conquer, baby. The U.S. doesn't need to fight China or like have a civil war 2.0 if all the people would just fucking wake up for 20 minutes <laughs> realize who the enemy is. I'm going to say this 10 more times. Speaking of giving people their identity and pitting them against each other, listen to this quote. The general who can master this is infinite like heaven and earth, endless like the oceans. He never stops like the cycles of the sun and the moon. He is reborn like each season. You remember this one from seventh grade. East Asia has always been at war with Oceania. 
divide, divide, divide. Straight up living the square root out here. U.S. intelligence is no doubt taking notes from ancient Chinese strategy here. We think in four-year cycles, they think in hundred-year cycles. How do you prolong an empire? We might have to read some Middle Eastern philosophy because Osama knows how to destroy an empire. We had that book, Jihad versus McWorld, did pretty well. Last quote for the chapter from Sun here. There are only five notes, five colors, five flavors, yet there are more varieties of their combinations than can ever be heard, seen, or tasted. In war, there is only direct and indirect, but the variety of the combinations are also endless. There's two parties in this country. There's only two opinions that people have. And there's a million combinations. You could watch Fox versus CNN. You could watch The Young Turks versus um, Change My Mind. What's that guy's name who wears a gun on YouTube? <laughs> you know, there's a million combinations of left versus right. Once people declare revolution, the battles stop between the warring states. Like, isn't that wild? The zoo was able to conquer all seven dynasties just by giving them their own flags. You're still paying taxes to the guy at the top. You're not an independent state. The division can work forever so long as people don't look up. Moving to chapter five. Hold the line. Love isn't always coming slime. Master Sun saying getting to the battle first means you're fresh. Skillful generals lure out the enemy into the spot that they are comfortable fighting. If you're in a verbal argument with someone, you're supposed to lure them into an issue that you're educated on and then ambush them. I'm going to have that book, uh, Plato's Apology. That guy is a real sleuth when it comes to verbal arguments. <laughs> this is all about how to actually kill people. Sun says, a good general forces his foe into the yin position of weakness, undermining any aspect of strength. Best generals know how to control his enemy's troops. Once the enemy is avoiding your occupation, Sun says, it is time to instigate. Test their defenses. You can do this in business by sending in a Riley customer who then makes a negative Yelp review. Even if a country is like refusing to take you head on, you could just try to distract them somewhere else. There's the history of 50s to the 90s proxy wars. Sun basically came up with this strategy. Sun also getting ahead of another age-old military strategy. He said, um, if you're outnumbered, hold a ravine. We've all seen the movie 300, right? <laughs> you could fight onslaughts of Persian elephants, the fucking gremlins and shit, as long as you have the prepared men to hold their ground. If we're talking about getting ahead on things, too, the Greeks taught the Romans how to do that human tank thing. You know, the Spartans, they'd put the shields above and in front. <laughs> That's so sick. It's a trope in every action movie you've seen. The bad guys are surrounding the hero, and they have to set up a holdout. Like, you could take on so many more Athenians as long as you get the perfect stronghold. Sun says the general must use everything to his advantage, making the crooked straight. You could say the generals of the people are the media. That's who we take our orders from, the television. Um, 
These generals are leading us off of the cliff of the 300. <laughs> Take this medication where you can't sue the person who made it, even though it's maiming everybody. Sun says, the general who knows how to make the most of all resources wins the battle. If you could twist a Nobel Prize winning medicine as a right-wing conspiracy, that's pretty resourceful. <laughs> like once in a while, you got to tip your hat to the news and their ability to turn the crooked straight. The resourcefulness of evil. The devil is running loose. Naturally, people come together after a tragedy and somehow the mainstream media is able to turn tragedies into political arguments. Think about it. Whenever Pompeii happens, humans usually come together. Now we can't even have a flu without wanting to shoot each other in the street. Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> Sun warns, when you cannot hear or see, use gongs, drums, flags, and banners. They are the army's eyes and ears. Another quote from Sun. There are five ways a general can fail. Recklessness leads to annihilation. Cowardice leads to being caught. Anger leads to being easily baited. An overly sensitive sense of honor leads to embarrassment. Misplaced compassion for his men leads to trouble. I thought misplaced compassion was don't ask, don't tell. The main idea is not to get too emotional as a leader here. He's going, any of these emotions can sway you into failure. You got to discipline that crap just like your troops. And you have to know in advance how to maneuver troops through an unexpected storm he said and he's like if your mind has an unexpected storm then you got to know how to hold that shit down until the battle is over artistic writing terrible logos leading out of fear is bad um we're still talking about the news this chapter noam chomsky is a frail old man he's got more liver spots than brain cells <laughs> this guy fell hard from the graces old head this guy manufacturing his own consent for authority the authoritative fallacy he says unvaccinated people should starve to death when asked by kurt jimungle why one group should quarantine when both groups can spread the virus he said that's not my area of expertise noam chomsky so then why did you give your shit opinion to begin with the reason is fear you could see it in that guy's face he's he won't leave his house. He's one of those translucent fucks who hasn't been outside since 2019. <laughs> Shout out to one of the commenters on this uh, channel. You turned me on to theories of everything. You know who you are out there. That Kurt Jaimungle, he didn't let Noam Chomsky get away with zero rationality. That was really nice to see. Gotta watch out for the news, people. Seriously, I said fighting stance before. Your ears should be perked up. I read that entire book, uh, Propaganda in the Public Mind, by Noam Chomsky. It's sad to see that as people get older, they can become less rational and more emotional. Even some of the greatest writers of our time. This guy, he should be censored for disinformation. Our weaknesses is our yin, you know, our fear. Fear will slowly kill your fucking mind. You gotta be ready, stay vigilant. Hold the line. Da, na, na, na. Can't tell my racist dad I love a shine. Long way for that one. Chapter 6, Gorillas. 
Master Sun says, when choosing positions and taking on the enemy, stay close to valleys when crossing mountains. Your shadow and your silhouette will betray you. If you've uh, you know been on a mountain during sunrise or sunset, the silhouettes are wild. The mountains cast their own shadows. You remember that uh, CIA movie, Lone Ranger? It was Mark Wahlberg war movie. There was a bunch of army rangers. They had to jump off of a mountain. They tumbled down a mile or so just so they couldn't be seen on the ridge by all the goat herders with AKs. Put a dip in, kick your feet up. It's a good time. Actual good tactical advice here from Sun. Keep your distance when crossing rivers. Do not fight an enemy in a river, but let half of his troops cross first. Not as relevant now that we have hovercraft transporters. That must have been gangster in the olden days. You see a Roman army and you get your barbaric German tribe to wait in the tree line until half of them cross. You start with the arrows, get the people on the far side of the river, and then charge half of them. I don't remember what the video game was. Damn, this is just running back to my memory. Nostalgia boner. My buddy would play, and I would watch him for hours. We were like six. There was this game where you could like choose how many men you wanted to simulate fighting each other. You could put elephants and cougars on the battlefield. Bro, you could do, like, Romans versus Greeks, ninjas versus pirates. <laughs> I knew a kid that went professional in this game <laughs> where you would play as one single Revolutionary War soldier. So you would have to communicate with your squadron, left foot, right foot. And then you all take one shot at the enemy with your musket. High action, first person shooter. There's money to be made out there. And use some of these loud tactics. Wait for them to cross the river in the video game. Two of the most like demoralizing feats of nature. Try swimming upstream or try hiking up a mountain. <laughs> like Both things immediately make you feel powerless. And he's saying keep your back to the mountains. And of course stay upstream so you could pollute the person's water downstream. Sun predicted the style of warfare from World War One. Keep death in front and life behind you. It's the whole thing of the 50th parallel or whatever. When you always try to keep the friendlies behind you. We got the War of the Flea book coming up. That's when we're going to get into Nam for real. <laughs> you could take down the world's biggest empire with an AK and a couple IEDs. Gorillas. Do, 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 do. The Second Amendment says the right to bear arms in preservation of a free state. The argument you hear against guns is, well, the government has nukes. Do you really need an AR-15? Yeah, I'm going to keep my Armalite rifle. This is not up for debate. <laughs> it's an ahistoric argument. It shows a deep misunderstanding of constitutional law. I find it devilishly ironic when someone against guns has their house broken into. What do these people think when they come across a bear? Yeah, I could take that bear. These people have never read a history book or been outside. The fucking Vietnamese rice farmers destroyed America with pea shooters. We had napalm, we had Agent Orange, and the most cutting-edge technology. If you're holed up in the hills, ain't... Nobody taking your land. 
run through the jungle. <laughs> Sun said with these pesky gorilla-like tactics, the yellow emperor racist was able to defeat four of the seven dynasties. It was the closer as anybody ever got to the Zhu dynasty taking over all seven. I don't know. Didn't France try to take over Vietnam before we did? Same thing with Iran and Russia. The biggest dynasties could try to take over the smallest places. Um, as long as you got a friggin' Toyota Corolla and a 50 cal, you could protect provinces. We all saw Die Hard. Bruce Willis took out an entire skyscraper of Russians with a stapler. Get out of here with your Second Amendment arguments. Would have liked to hear more about this yellow emperor. Instead, Lao took a turn against the Chinese to slander math. Numbers do not matter. It is all about concentrating your energy, knowing the enemy, and earning the loyalty of the men. We just heard that story from Seneca about Nero, who lost a massive battle because he forgot to count his troops. I'm going to defy Sun here. I think it might be helpful to count your troops for a little intelligence your coordinating attack who redeemed himself up here with a good premise called entangling terrain it's easy to advance through a lot of types of terrain it's always harder to retreat it's safer going up a mountain than it is going down we had a swamp area back in my uh, bb gun days and we would play capture the flag there in order to get to the central swamp you had to cross a little bridge that we made out of planks of wood we were out there one day. I'm getting the shivers. My platoon, we were on the central swamp. It was a cloudy afternoon. I could hear the shelling in the distance. I'm hitting a cigarette. When I was in the bog, I dreamt of being home. When I was home, I dreamt of being in the bog. We had a hunch we were being moved in on. I went back towards the bridge which someone had removed. We were on our own out in the bog. I radioed for help. No one there. When we all realized there was no way out, that's when the bullets started flying. We were running through this bog in knee-deep sludge. There were pellets going over my head. I still get woken up to this thought. The fucked-up thing is I still miss it. <laughs> you never feel more alive than when you know Charlie's waiting in the bushes. <laughs> you gotta read some Sun Tzu if you want to take your gaming or your paintballing, whatever, to the next level. And get outside, kids. Eat your vegetables. <laughs> Ended on the axioms of war. Never attack uphill, nor an enemy with the hill to his back. Do not fall for a fake retreat. Do not attack sharp troops. Do not fall for bait, nor obstruct a retreating army. Leave a path for a besieging army. Do not harass an enemy that is at bay. This is the art of war. Chapter 7, our final one. Believe and achieve. Starts us off with the nine kinds of ground. Totally different than the five kinds of terrain. <laughs> His point with this whole blurb was every situation is dynamic, no matter how well you know the land. No man crosses the same river twice, for the river has changed and he is a different man. Everybody's heard that quote, and it pisses everyone off. Well, technically, the river is a bunch of different water molecules now. It's the same river, guy. Very manipulative quote from Sun here. Do not allow the men to consult omens. Remove all doubt, and they will follow you to their deaths. Do not let men consult omens. Mm, tapping my chin. 
Does anybody remember when the Soviets outlawed religion? If you take away people's belief, the only thing they have left to believe in is nationalism. I've said on the show before, I want to be part of a Russian prison break. I want to be part of a Soviet squadron behind Nazi lines. Yeah. Instead of fighting for your own freedom, you're all fighting for Mother Russia. You're slinging a thousand rounds per minute out of a PPSH. A friggin' German shepherd attack dog comes at you and you slit its neck with a sickle. This would be the best war experience ever. <laughs> when you, like, strip men of everything, the only thing they're left with is the ability to defend one another. Son didn't mention Valor very much. He's going, like take everything away from your men at the right time and they will fight with the fury of hell. Sun says that the skillful general sends out his men like the Shurian snake that defends each part of its body with another. It's like those uh, Chinese dragon puppets at the New Year's parade. I love those. Continues the psycho quote, the general leads the man into battle, taking away any escape routes before releasing the trigger. He is like a shepherd, and no one knows where he is taking his sheep. Does anybody else feel like over the past two years, we're being led somewhere that we don't know? Just me. Yeah, it's a heretical idea. Sorry, guys, I guess I owe... A Hail Mary and ten verses of the Warren report. <laughs> don't give the people an exit and shepherd them somewhere they don't know. What? Hidden verses of the art of war here. Talked about a lot today. <laughs> Killing presidents, Sanjay Gupta, China versus the U.S., the deep state, JFK. I ask you once again to look up. Question whether a strategy to divide the country would look any different than what we are experiencing right now. Sun says you can't make alliances if you don't know what the enemy's plans are. And as I'm saying for the show today, my thesis, the fucking government is the enemy. And nobody knows what creepy plan they have next. As I said, we all just survived Event 201. The next is Cyber Polygon. You can read into it. You can know the enemy's plan. If you don't, you're going to turn against your neighbor because you think it's their fault. Our generals are telling us it's our neighbor's fault. The news. A better question to get people to start asking themselves is, what am I fighting for, not who am I fighting against? Yeah, I understand you pressed the R button in the voting booth so you're fighting against the L's. What are you fighting for? What does this L party even stand for? Does it have an ethical point of view? It's a much harder question to ask yourself. It's going to bring us to a more enlightened world with less war if we could ask ourselves because we know Nixon nonfiction war is a racket. Got a decent self-help quote here to start to wrap it up. Good rulers think deeply. Good generals follow through. You got to devise a plan and then conquer. You have that inner ruler to formulate the plan, and then you have that inner general to execute the plan. A lot of stimuli from CNN out there is scaring us, and I don't mean to do the same with this World War Three U.S. versus China anxiety. The more you can shut out this fear, the more you can use those two inner emperors to create your own desired reality. Fucking turn off, plug in, tune out. Sun says nobody should be closer to the general than his spy. 
keep trying to improve your own personal intelligence. It's going to give you a more full view of the battlefield. And he ends emphasizing some data, I guess retracting his hatred for math. Without knowledge, the general cannot move his army, cannot plan an attack, and certainly cannot achieve victory. I would say use Sun Tzu's tactics for paintball or airsoft. Do not use his backwards logic for war is peace. That's how you wind up with Chinese totalitarianism and the pre-World War III landscape of today. That's going to do it for us, guys. The Art of War. I want to thank you guys for staying tuned, listening to some Chinese history. The Seven Burps. The Seven Dynasties. Patreon.com slash Nonfiction. We have got a very special secret edition coming up next month. Forgot to mention before on that page, we have the 12 themed episodes for the year over on that so if you want to start reading along with the show it's the biggest spoiler you're gonna get we got a book for december already planned out some book club action and as for next week ladies and gentlemen we have the secret life of groceries why do the price of groceries keep going up this book is going to tune us into all the hidden activity behind the curtain that is the supermarket who's running up the bill maybe it's aunt jemima she's not on the bottle anymore i don't know she's sucking off mr clean and he uses his clean supplies to (laughs) get the store ready we're asking real questions next week how come 80 percent of the food in the supermarket has sugar in it what's in the beef how come meat eater bill gates has a vegan agenda (laughs) it's gonna be a fun show uh changing up the pace Shout out to our uh, member who requested this episode. Shout out to the guy who recommended Theories of Everything to me. And once again, shout out to the listener. Special thanks to the Patreons. I'll see you guys in seven short days. My name is Nick Munez. Take it easy out there. Peace.